Social Media Serenity, episode number three. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. We're here once again to give you our insights into the world of social media, talking about news, talking about how to use this stuff and maintain a balanced life doing so. So, Eric, what's up, man? Uh, well, barely me, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, Since we're not, yeah. Go ahead. We're, we're recording this ahead of time just because I'm going to be out of town on Thursday. And so I'm not used to getting up and, and talking in front of a microphone at 8 a.m. But Yeah, we, we are here. We're dedicated for our audience and and we knew that uh, if we took a week off within the first couple episodes, it, it might be disastrous. Right. Not really. But anyway, we I think what it is is we're just addicted to social media. And, and that's why we're here this morning. Exactly. All right. So uh, anyway, go, we're going to talk about some news in the world of social media today. Um, I think we're going to start off with a story about Martha Stewart. Did you find this on some? Where did you find this? I don't know. I think I, I think I just found it in in, R, in an RSS feed somewhere. Um, there's like a New York Times buzz on Twitter, and just kind of feeds me stuff. And, and I said, M- Martha Stewart, Twitter maniac. And I thought, okay, what's this about? And uh, basically, the, the article goes on to talk about how much Martha Stewart loves Twitter more than Facebook. Um, quoting directly from the article, it says. I just love it so much more than Facebook, the 67-year-old Stuart. She's 67? I had no she idea. Does, she does not look 67. She looks anyway. like she's maybe in her early 50s. Yeah, at, at the latest. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she basked in the triumph You know what of, that means, Eric. You and I no. are getting old. Well, yeah. <laughs> Still, <laughs> we're, we're about half 60, her age. I, well, that's what I'm saying. But still, it, it, anyway, it, it's like, it, it, I don't know about you, it's like the first time I went through the drive through at a restaurant, and there's like an eight-year-old boy behind the register. I'm like, what's going on in this place? It's like, oh, wait, he's probably True. 18. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so she passed the million, do- million dollar, million follower milestone on her Twitter account, uh, I think it was last Wednesday. And so she says, first of all, you don't have to spend any time on it. And second of all, you reach a lot more people. And I don't have to befriend and do all that other dippy stuff they do on Facebook. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I have to agree. <laughs> I, that, you know, I, as, I would say as a celebrity, I could not agree with her more. Not, not that I, I equate myself as a celebrity, but if I were a celebrity, I would so 100% understand what she's talking about. Because, number one, could you imagine the sheer amount of time required to accept one million friends on Facebook? Oh, I know. That would be ridiculous. And that's before they recently came out with the whole fan page thing for personalities and, and products and services and all that kind of stuff. But, man. Exactly. And and and. and, and, and I, Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think a perfect example of somebody doing it right is Jimmy Fallon because he's got, you know, 
the Late Night with Jimmy Fallon fan page, and so you get updates on the show and things like that on Facebook. But Jimmy Twitter's himself, and it's just him talking about his life as well as the show. And But then also he's got a team of people doing blog posts and funny clips and stuff for his site. So he keeps it you know, segmented into three different contact con, content, I should say, types in those three different areas. Right. And he's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's definitely been moved up to the top of my list as far as any celebrity that, celebrity that I follow in social media. I, I really uh, resonate with Jimmy Fallon. I, I think he represents our 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 culture and our um, what is it called? Our generation more than anybody else out there. Yes. In, in, in mainstream media. Right. So anyway, I you know I I I, th- I understand what she's saying. It is easier for her as as an individual to just say, "Hey, I have a Twitter account, and this is how I'm sending out information." Now, uh, the the one might say, "Well, with Facebook, you can share so much more. You can share videos, you can share pictures, and you can share all that." I I've heard those arguments. I completely disagree with all of that. Because with Twitter, all you need to do is put a little short URL or a shortcut or a link to anything else you've done anywhere on the web. And in fact, there are some times when instead of sending people to Facebook to view my photos, why don't I upload my photos to my own personal blog and then just send out a short link to that post on my blog? Where people can leave posts on my blog. Now, there, you know, there is the social nest networking aspect of well, you know, if you keep it in a centralized location, it's easier to share and all that other stuff. But today, there are so many tools that you can incorporate into your blog that says share this on Facebook with a single click of a button. You click that, and and it's and it is shared. And so, you know, I I I think that um, you know, I'm wondering. If all of a sudden that eventually these social networks will just become, uh, I guess, maybe like email addresses or or just user IDs for connecting people, kind of like Facebook Connect now. You just use it to log into places. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see things kind of uh, certain ones will die off while others start up. But eventually it'll it'll be. And this is, I mean, I'm, I'm completely off base here, possibly, but it'll be like one of the social networks will become like the Borg from Star Trek and assimilate all the others, and it'll just be one big connecto web, and we all just plug into the Matrix, and we all just internet interconnect that way, you know? Yeah, I, I, I which is I, scary, actually. That's a little too scary about for it. me. And 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 I hope that that one doesn't assimilate them all because I, you know, the problem is is I don't like the idea of any one place having a monopoly over all of these different things because I, right. I really believe that if there's not a lot of stiff competition out there, then then there's no there won't be any further advancements and and things like that. You know, I, I love that Twitter has so many things competing for attention and um of course the only thing is is that i don't see twitter really uh evolving any do you well we do have some other stories as far as that goes so maybe we should just move on yeah let's move on from martha martha enjoy your twitter Uh, i don't follow you but i'm sure that you're having fun there with 1,093,110 followers as of the posting of that article All right. Uh, Yeah, so moving on, talking about Twitter, Twitter updates have officially become tweets. Okay. 
This is not something I was aware of, but I guess the word tweet has not officially been something. That's, again, like hashtags, something that Twitter did not invent, but came out of the people using it. Yes. And so officially Twitter has now uh, updated their homepage to say, you know, where it says this, this amount following, this amount of followers, and then this amount of updates, that word updates is now tweets for, and I don't know if this is across the board yet, but it's, it's rolling out. Gotcha. Well, so, it, it, and not only not only did they officially accept this language, I think the important part of this little article that we've got linked here is that they've actually gone through and they've, they've trademarked the word tweet. Right. So, um, and, and also they're saying that the correct grammar now is to tweet. Yes. <laughs> well, and you hear lots of people making up different words that have to do with Twitter and, and you know... Anyway, I won't go into that, but mostly late night talk shows. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, have you seen the thing Conan O'Brien does where they do the Twitter tracker thing and they make fun of really trivial celebrity tweet posts? And I think some of them are just made up, but it, it's just really funny to see on even even a mainstream, a bigger mainstream show than Jimmy Fallon. They've got uh, the Tonight Show talking about Twitter. Now, I have not seen that, but it's uh, crazy. That, that would be interesting to see. And not to mention the uh, Kevin Spacey, David Letterman discussion about Twitter that was out last week. Oh, I didn't see that one either. Look for that one on YouTube. That's a great little video. It's it's Kevin Spacey actually Twittering, or I sorry, to tweet <laughs> um, on the Late Show, and Letterman is sitting there, and they talk back and forth, and Letterman's either feigning ignorance or really doesn't know and doesn't care. And he says, it's a waste of time. And, right. But anyway, but, but the whole fact that it was being talked about on his show means that it's definitely gaining some mainstream ground. So Interesting. Well, I, you know, that's the one, that's one thing that I'd love to just talk about right here, right now. I, one of the things that I recognize completely is that listening to this podcast, Social Media Serenity, there are going to be a percentage of people out there that do not tweet. And they don't tweet because of the same reason that so many other people don't tweet. And it's not because they don't know what Twitter is, but it's because they believe, why should I Twitter? I mean, who cares about Twitter? I mean, it just seems so, I, it seems so ignorant for people to go out and just talk about themselves all day long, every day. It just seems like it's a it's a little too self conceited. You seem arrogant and boastful, and it, and it just boosts all so much. And all you care about is friends and followers. And and to be honest with you, I just don't care what you had for breakfast. By the way, I had an eighty calorie yogurt this morning. So <laughs> <laughs> tweeted as tweeted by no, I'm serious. But, <laughs> so I, here's the thing, I, because. I, I think Twitter did a – I think they still brand themselves incorrectly because they're – do they still say, so what are you doing? Right. And I, I think they do, I, at least on the web page that is your own personal Twitter slash whatever page. I think it still has it there, but I think it's not as prominently placed as it used to be. Yeah, and, and of course the, the whole – um, what is that called? The the Lee Lefevre. What's what is that? Twitter in plain English? English, like I can speak. 
But anyway, uh, Twitter in plain English is a great video for describing how Twitter worked when it first came out, what the original intent was. Right. But that video has become so popular, and so many people who are Twitter users who have fallen in love with Twitter, when they are talking about Twitter to somebody else, what do they do? They typically will go to that video and say, here, watch this you know, three-minute video, Twitter in plain English, and uh, this is what's going on. In fact, let me just play the audio from that real quick. Okay. Twitter in plain English. And, I, and this is where I think a lot of people are getting their understanding of what it is, um, what Twitter's all about. And so here's that video now in so, three seconds. What are you doing? It's one of the first questions we often ask friends and family. Even if the answer is just mowing the lawn or cooking dinner... It's interesting to us. It makes us feel connected and a part of each other's lives. Unfortunately, most of our day-to-day lives are hidden from people that care. Of course, we have email and blogs and phones to keep us connected, but you wouldn't send an email to a friend to tell them you're having coffee. Your friend doesn't need to know that. But what about people that want to know about the little things that happen in your life? Real life happens between blog posts and emails, and now there's a way to share. This is Twitter in plain English. All right. I'm not going to play the rest of the video. You can go to commoncraft.com slash Twitter, and you can watch the entire video. But just you, what you heard there, it's like you're not going to send a friend an email to tell him that you have coffee, but that's what Twitter's for. Right. See, no. No, it's not. No, picking up the phone is what that's for. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, Eric, I'm having coffee this morning for breakfast, and I was thinking, should I have Splenda or regular sugar? What do you think? <laughs> that is not or Twitter. Let, let me pull my 3,000 followers and ask them what I should have. <laughs> exactly. So, so seriously, I mean, are, are you mowing the lawn? Is, is, that, is this why you use Twitter, Eric? Why, no. Do you, well, do, you, do you use Twitter simply so you can tell people – you know exactly what's going on in your life on a daily basis and so that maybe one day you might look back and say I forgot what I did yesterday let me look at my timeline I don't look at my timeline I look at other people's timelines if I find them interesting and so I think maybe I'm trying to pretend I'm interesting for everybody else out there <laughs> that may be part of it I don't know um or if I come across something cool on the internet, I'll share it that way, like an article or a video or a pic or a something or a quote that somebody else tweeted. Right. You know? Like, for example, something you said yesterday about uh, changing your plan if the outcome – I forget how you put it. But it was basically, you know, you can plan for one thing, but if it doesn't work, don't give up. Just change your plan. Right. For the same outcome. I, I, I'm totally butchering it. But anyway. It, it, here, it, it's, it's when things don't work out the way you hoped, it's possible to abandon a, ban, a bad plan without abandoning your original vision. There you go. There you go. And so I, quote unquote, retweeted it because you, you tweeted it the first time and I just hit retweet and it sent it out as if I sent it, but it also gives you credit. So... Right. Um, which I don't think we've ever explained fully as to what that means. Yeah, but well, let's, now, we, let's, now we have. <laughs> yeah, so a tweet is where you send out some sort of status update and a retweet. Uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of tw- Twitter clients or Twitter applications that will allow you to so, kind of if you can just imagine email forwarding a Twitter message, only it would be 
uh, you know, Twitter forwarding or tweet forwarding, and or we call it retweeting, and it right. basically just takes the original tweet, puts RT in front of it, so people know that this is an, a retweet, unless you're using some kind of crazy uh, application where the developer is just really obsessive compulsive about the fact that he hates the retweet and uses via at the end which it's the same thing so if you've ever seen a twitter message where the first 130 some odd characters look as though that's what the person's actually saying and then at the end you find out it says in parentheses via somebody else it's like oh so that wasn't eric actually saying that he's having toast it was his friend bob who had toast and eric's just retweeting that which (sighs) is Kind of lame on Eric's behalf to retweet that some friend of his is having toast. Exactly. But anyways, so that's yeah, what Twitter. That's Twitter's what a retweet is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I and because you kind of said that with the whole email forwarding thing, I saw somebody else out there who uh, made comment to that on Twitter that I follow, saying, "You know, it seems to me that retweets." are a lot like forwarding of the really funny email that you think is funny to everybody in your email list. Yeah. And I said, that's true. And I forget what I said. I said something else in regard to it. But anyway, it, it I, just I, I, I totally will blow that one right out of the water. There, I, I disagree with that one 100%. It is not forwarding because it does not show up in my inbox. Now, it, here's, here's where it would be. If you said at GSPN, which is how you get somebody else's attention on Twitter, uh, you put an at symbol and then their name. And it's like at GSPN, here's and then retweet that information. That would be similar to an email forward because that will not only will it just show up in my timeline because you're a friend of mine, but it will actually flag it so that it shows up in the tab when I actually look at what's called mentions. Right. Uh, when, when you meant it, it shows me all the people who have kind of sent something that's directed toward me. Then it shows up and it litters up that little section there. And I say that I only would say the, use the word litter is if it is something that is spamish or something trivial or, or you know something of that nature. But if you are, but if you just retweet something and you're not putting it, you know, direct messaging it to me, or if you're not sending it to me as an at reply, and it's just something you just thought was interesting, even if it was something silly and contrite, like, you know, here's the five things that blah, blah, blah. I mean, one of those silly forward is forwards message. Um, then it's not a big deal. If that's interesting to you, then that's interesting to you. And you put it in there and I can, and the thing is, is what's a, what's, amazing about this is that I can stop following people. If, if all of a sudden I, I notice like, man, all I see here is the same content that these people are forwarding, you know, these silly emails. And just like I can create a, a filter in my email system to keep those people from hitting my inbox anymore, I can just go in and unfollow them so that I don't even see those messages in my timeline anymore. So whereas, you know, email is a little bit more difficult, I think, to, to get right. through that stuff. Yeah. You got to set up a rule or, you know, mark them as spam and that kind of thing. Um, Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone through your list of people that you directly follow on Twitter and maybe done some cutting? Um, Well, if you look at my Twitter list, I'm looking at it right now. I have 2,144 followers and I follow 674 people. And so, number one, I'm very... 
I'm very picky about who I follow because I only want to follow people that I have some somewhat of a personal connection to. Uh, and the people that I choose to follow are people who, number one, I've met personally face to face. That's that that's a that's a given that I'll probably follow you. Um, if somebody's a listener of our podcast network and they happen to be a plus member, I'm it's guaranteed that I'm following you. If you're not a plus member and you listen to our podcast network and I know that you're out there and you're a listener, I'm going to follow you. And if you are somebody who's not a podcast listener, but somebody that I've met at a social media gathering or some other networking event, uh, there's a good chance that I might follow you. And if you have interacted with me using the at reply, so if you do at GSPN and you've Let's just say I put a status update and you say, hey, Cliff, congratulations on, you know, losing five pounds last week. You know, if I if I see that, chances are I'm going to go in and check out who you are. It's like, I've not met this person, but they obviously are following me. And, you know, here's somebody who has celebrated my success. I'm going to go ahead and follow that person. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. So that that's how I make my decision. Of course, with that with that kind of criteria, which still, if you ask me, I think that that's you know, that's not being extremely conservative and following 674 people is a lot of people to follow. Now, with that being said, I found that using this criteria and looking at my timeline, now remember going back to last week, we talked about um, unplugging and not letting this stuff take over my life. So I only check my Twitter timeline, you know, maybe once a day. So I, and, and I don't thumb through everything. With 674 people, it's going to show me the most recent 25, or I might tell it to show me, you know, one more page so I get the most recent 50 tweets. I might peruse through those once a day, just the top ones that have just come in. If I, I have found some folks that are like real estate brokers or they're this or they're that, and every single message is, here's a house for sale, here's, here's a house for sale, and here's a house for sale. And I'm like, and then what I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'm, I'm considering unfollowing this person, but before I make that decision, let me go to their timeline. So I'll click on them. And if I see that, well, that's all they ever do is they're posting links to real estate, you know, home listings. So I would, yeah, I just go in and unfollow that. Now, if I see somebody who has a rash, like let's just say they have like nine of the most recent status updates or things that are completely uninteresting to me and I could care less about. But I notice like, oh, wait, well, they're at a conference. You know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And if it comes up again, then I'll reconsider. So, yeah, Yeah, I I do go through. Don't unfollow me this week when I go to the conference and start tweeting about it. Well, and not only that, but you're probably going to be tweeting about things that I do enjoy. Right. Because of the conference you're going to for social media. That's true. That's true. Which, if anybody's interested, it's echoconference.com. Very cool. Although, by the time this comes out next Tuesday, it'll already have happened. Exactly. So anyway, I, yeah, I, those, I do go through. Um, I don't spend as much time with the list as I used to because, like I said, I'm, I'm not checking it. I used to check my Twitter timeline, uh, I'll have to admit, maybe 10, 15 times a day. And I just had to stop doing that. It, I, I recognized yeah. that it was killing my productivity and it was distracting me. I mean, a project in my business that should normally take 25 minutes was taking three hours because I would check Twitter, you know, right around step three or step four. And I would see a link, which would take me to a page, which would say, oh, 
that's right, I want to go do this. And all of a sudden, I'm doing something else for my business that has nothing to do with the original project that I was working on. Right. And, and I found that happening so often. And sometimes that's been beneficial, but most of the time, it has not. And so I've decided, you know what, I'm still going to make time to go through here, but I'm scheduling it, and I'm only doing it once a day. Yeah. I think I'm kind of taking a different approach to it personally. I'm following a lot fewer people. I'm I'm following 72 uh, Twitter accounts, and I have 196 followers. So it's drastically smaller than than your numbers. And I think what I'm aiming at here is I like to leave it open a lot during the day and have one or two or three tweets show up and have it be something that's either worthwhile to me by following that person at all or see that it's something I want to actually quick reply back to or retweet or something and have it be more of an, I mean, if I'm doing Twitter at all, I kind of want it to be briefly informative or possibly or more possibly interactive, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the angle I'm taking. However, I have recently decided that I think I'm going to unfollow a few of the things that I'm following service wise, like Evernote or things like that, that, it's worthwhile to have, but what I'm going to do is just have it, I'm going to follow it via RSS feed uh, in my Google Reader so that if something interesting does pop up, hey, service update to such and such, blah, 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 I don't need to see that on Twitter, but if it's in my RSS feed and I see it real quick when I go check stuff there, then my Twitter timeline for me that I check, you know, not like Inbox Zero, but throughout the day is only filled with very brief messages that I can reply to. So, and, there, and there's, there's benefits to both these approaches that I think we're using. I think that's one thing I stress is if you're going to use Twitter, figure out the best way to make it work for, for you, you know? Right. Um, I do, you know what I want to, there are two, there are two ways I want to go in this discussion right now. And, and I'll, I'm going to just briefly mention the two different ways that I want to go. One is, you know, your choice of being a little bit more interactive throughout the day randomly. And I'm gonna, I want to share the avenue which I take for daily interaction throughout my day. And then I want, but I, I still want, but I, before I go there, I want to go back to the original, you know, Twitter and pa- plain English and why I don't like that video. Okay, let's do that. So, so the reason why I don't like that video is because I'll be honest with you. It's not about what I'm having for breakfast, although I will randomly tweet something related to that. But but it's only because it's in context of why some people follow me. And and one of my one of my three or four brands that I personally associate with myself and with my Twitter account is pursuing a balanced life. And so for me, when I'm if I'm talking about what I'm eating for lunch, it's usually about the fact that, hey, guys, I made an extremely healthy decision on what I'm eating today or I've made it a point to count the number of calories and you're not going to believe this. This is what I had for lunch and it was only 310 calories. So, yeah, I am I am randomly tweeting about something as trivial as what I'm having for lunch, but hopefully I'm doing it in such a way that is inspirational for other people who are who are actually maybe, you know, on the West Coast who are thinking, you know, gosh, I cannot wait to go to lunch because I'm going to get that Baconator from Wendy's with a Biggie Fry and a, and a Frosty for dessert. 
And uh, lo and behold, that thing, you know, the Baconator at 1,100 calories and the fries at 750 calories. In one lunch setting, you could blow away an entire adult's calorie intake for the day. And and there are people who are saying, you know, I was thinking about having XYZ, but gosh, Cliff, you know, I think I might stop by Subway and get myself, a, you know, a small sub. And if you did a twit pick and people saw that your lunch that only was 310 calories or whatever looks awesome, yes. then, you know, people like me who follow you find benefit to you tweeting that and that's why you should do it. Exactly. So, so there is some benefit on sharing those inf- that some sort of information. Just I try to make sure that it's worthwhile. Now, let me explain to you. That, so, so what are you doing? Yeah, I answer those questions. I, I, I do use Twitter that way. I would say ten percent of the time. So, one out of every ten tweets that I send out maybe sometimes up to 20%. So two out of every 10 tweets that I send out are probably, eh, what am I doing? Just random, hey, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. Now, that's only 20% of my Twitter usage. What's the other 80%? And this is why I use Twitter, and there is nothing about it in Twitter in plain English. I I'm running a, I run a business. I, I have a personal brand that I'm out letting people know what's going on, trying to keep people informed. And I recognize that a majority of my followers are from people who listen to our content, whether it be gspn.tv or Podcast Answer Man in just completely or you know independently or whatever it is. They are interested in the announcements that I make. And, the, and I, if you can imagine like the you know, old email lists, right? So I've got a mailing list. So you right. sign up for my mailing list and I'll send you out, you know, updates about what's going on. Well, if, if I'm saying, hey, guys, it's eight o'clock in the morning and we're re- we're releasing or recording a special episode of Social Media Serenity because Eric can't make it Thursday, you know, come and join us. Well, if I was to send that out at six o'clock this morning, guess how many people are going to show up or even get the notification via email? Not many because most of those people are, you know, not even made it to work yet. They haven't checked their email yet, whatever the case may be. And and be honest with you, here's the deal. Uh, with 500 people on the mailing list, I don't know that I want to send out a, an, an email and fill up somebody's inbox with just one more message when I completely understand that probably only about five to ten people will be able to get it in time and be able to respond and come. And if that's the case, then that's 490 people who are just getting a message that's completely irrelevant to them and is already outdated. And may check Mark as spam if you keep doing it. Exactly. But if I put it on Twitter, I've got two or well, I've got 2144 people on Twitter. I've got 1300 some odd people on Facebook. I don't so know. a wider number of people. A wider number of people. And I just put it out there. It's like, hey, guys, Social Media Serenity episode number two is now online. Here's the link. We are recording episode three live right now. And in the chat room, we have we have Linda is in the chat room. We have Lee from the UK. We have Mary Junker. We have Steve McQueen. We have Troy Price. And we have an anonymous person that joined us 23 minutes ago. So th- tell me there's not value in Twitter beyond, huh, what are you doing? So, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, and my friend Rob's joke, when he first did Twitter and then 
promptly quit about two or three months later was it's asking me what I'm doing. And he would famously just keep typing in, typing on Twitter and then hit enter and then just keep doing it over and over. Right. So now here's another thing. I I do this for my clients and I, I tried to I don't do this very often, but I did something the other day. And you may or may not have seen this tweet, but I said, showing off the power of Twitter, Facebook, and Woopra to a client. Can you click here? And I, and I, unfortunately, I forgot to put the hyperlink on it. Uh, but anyway, I put gspn.tv slash shows. And I said, do me a favor and just stay on the site for 60 seconds. We, you know, I, I just, I really want to show the client. Because what happened was this client says, you know, I'm really not interested in Facebook or Twitter. And I was trying to explain to him, there's more value to this stuff than what you imagine. Oh, yeah. And so what I did is I, I fired up Woopra, which is basically, and this is good for here, if anybody, if you have your own blog or your own site, you can actually put some little a little bit of code in the footer tag of your site. And with a free account with Woopra, woopra.com, and um, we need to add that to the show notes, Um Woopra.com, you can actually have real-time live analytical data or statistics for your website. You can see people pop in as they come in. It's amazing. And so I did this, and within, within just a few minutes of posting that status update out there, 1,780 people came to the site in, within minutes of me asking them to my client was blown away and says okay i'm listening tell me about this twitter and facebook how do i sign up <laughs> and and so and a good friend of mine says well cliff you i hope you told him that you know this doesn't just happen because you have a twitter account that it's right. you know the reaction of of building relationships with literally thousands of people over a three cor- a course of three years of time and absolutely when people hire me as a consultant i explain to you know i that's the first thing we talk about is like Tell me how much you're willing to invest in this thing. How how important are relationships to you? And 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 I will tell you, a majority of my clients, uh, they're they they really do catch on quick that this is building you know your brand one person at a time, and that one person's important. And to get away from the mass marketing idea, and when people can do that, there's so much power on Twitter. There's one other way that I use Twitter. And I, I'll share it with you. And I showed this to another client, and it definitely blew them away. And that is go to I, I usually go to Twitter search Twitter dot com. I know that that Twitter has search functionality built in now to your own personal uh, site. But for people who don't yet have Twitter yet, I, I show them how to do this in a way that allows them to play with the search features without ever dipping into their toe into the water. First, so I send them to search.twitter.com and I go in and I type in Heil PR40, which is the most popular microphone podcasting microphone out there. uh, And it's my number one sales item. And I show them, I say, here's what I do is I I have a search term set up for Heil PR40. And whenever somebody sends a message about Heil PR40, they're saying, hey, I'm thinking about getting a Heil PR40. Anybody have any recommendations uh, or any any thoughts on this? And of course, what do I do as a you know podcast equipment salesperson? I contact that person, right? I get in touch with them, and I make sales off of Twitter. 
In fact, not too long ago, now of course this was somebody who already listened to my podcast, but they we used direct messaging on Twitter for an entire sales process. I mean from from beginning to end. It the, it was all done through direct messaging. So th- the the question and and I would question whether or not that sale may or may not have happened had it not been for Twitter. And there are people who are listening to our podcast today who are now listening to us because I saw that they I did a Twitter search for podcast equipment and I saw somebody was looking for podcast equipment I contacted them found out that you know they lived in the UK and I'm like ah oh, well you know I can sell there but it's going to cost extra because of you know the import taxes and stuff like that but it ends up this person's now listening to our podcast and is a wonderful awesome member of our community as far as contribution and connection to other people so yeah that that is great I mean there's that well and that kind of brings me in mind to the the next article in our show notes which is that Twitter launched a Twitter 101 for business. And I don't know that it necessarily dips into what you're talking about there, which is the personal interaction between business and customer, you know? Mm-hmm. But it definitely, I, I believe, because I was looking through the site, it has a very easy-to-follow interface of explaining what each of these little lingo things mean and, you know, hashtags and tweets and retweets and all these different things. Um, so I would suggest if you if you don't know Twitter, go to that. It's, it's business.twitter.com slash Twitter 101. And, you know, it's kind of in plain speak for business people, but that's just to, you know, us lay people's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it helps us understand it even more. Um, but from what I hear you saying, it really is all about, you know, using it to your advantage to be able to, you know, pluck out and see who's doing, who's looking for what you're selling and then being able to interact with them directly in that unique way. Exactly. I mean, that, that is a portion of my use. I would say that what you just said there word for word is about 30% of my Twitter usage. And it is, and it is something that effectively brings in a good deal of income for me as a result of of searching for people who are looking for services and products that I provide. Now, what about the opposite? What if you as a consumer see a business tweet something out? For example, AT&T tweeted out that they had a $49 iPhone. Now, that's a refurbished uh, iPhone. But what if you saw that tweet? Does that make you want to jump up and say, ooh, $49? Well, here's the thing. I would probably never see AT&T's tweet because AT&T has never – Well, yeah, I wouldn't. AT- neither would I. AT&T has never reached out to me personally. And see, that's where I t- try to explain to my clients is you know, there are going to be some people who have – you know, AT&T is a brand, obviously. And there are going to be literally thousands of people who follow Twitter as a brand. But I'm not one of them. I, I mean, I'm not that loyal to AT&T as a brand that I care what everything that they want to share. And I've also looked at some of the things that they're sharing. It's like, eh, you know, I, I considered following AT&T. And I looked at their tweets. And I'm like, nah, that's not what I want to see in my inbox. or in my. Not benef- it, it, it's not beneficial to you. Exactly. Now, if, if Twitter, you know, if AT&T all of a sudden, you know, if I said, you know, I am really tired if I, this was my my status update i am sick and tired of all the dropped calls by at&t recently 
I'm, I'm about ready to throw my iPhone into the trash can. If all of a sudden I got a, you know, a, a, a Twitter message from AT&T, it says, at GSPN, we are so sorry to hear about your dropped calls. We're working to add new towers in XYZ locations. Call this number to find out if you're included. Now, if they sent me that message as a result, guess what? I'm following that account. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, now, Because they did just what you just described to us from your point of view as a entrepreneur. They then were doing that, which honestly, if you're a business and you're not monitoring what people are saying about you on Twitter, you are losing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's exactly right. They should be they should have a live search pulled up all the time for AT&T or ATT. You know, they they should and anytime somebody mentions them, they should have somebody out there that is just, you know, responding to people's, you know, praises and responding to people's concerns and complaints. And yeah. you, you that's you can easily turn somebody's opinion about your business based upon your interaction with them personally. And And that actually is another article that I had that's right below that Twitter $49 iPhone one, which is social media giving us faster customer service, which basically gives the story of a few different people who they, you know, they're, they're stuck in long lines at the airport and they're tweeting about it a little bit of a complaint and somebody is monitoring that for mm -hmm. that airline and jumps on and, they interact with that person back and forth, and they get stuff fixed. And instead of him being on the phone for you know an hour with the airline on the phone, in a matter of 15, 20 minutes, it's fixed, whatever it is. And I, and I forget what the, the full story is, but it, it, some businesses are being wise, and they are jumping on this and saying, okay, there are people using this, and they're talking about us. We need to know what they're saying, and we need to interact with them there before and, and honestly, here's the other great thing: is usually we hear these. Oh no, you know the AOL guy tried to cancel with AOL, and somebody recorded it, and we're all laughing at how stupid AOL was. The customer service rep for AOL, but on Twitter, when you respond to a customer in a great way, it, it's public, and so it's a great PR face for you. Yeah. There's de there's definitely the PR and and the one thing that I, I I suggest for businesses anybody who's here and you have a small business or or you're you're in responsible for any sort of brand or even your own personal brand I mean, maybe you're just an individual but you have a you have a personal brand that you're working on the the deal is I think there's there's a fine line of of following in doing these searches you have to do this in a way that is relational. If there's anything that I, I can suggest to anybody who's just randomly listening to this and you're not going to be a full-on consulting client of mine, be relational. And if you're not relational, you're just another salesperson out there. And and social media isn't the greatest place for just cold sales. You know, it, It's not a cold call place. And so when I'm doing a social, you know, when I'm doing a search for, high LPR 40 and somebody says I'm thinking about getting a high LPR 40 I don't say hey I sell high LPR 40s I, I approach them in a much more relational way than that and and what I do is is I, I will typically instead of saying hey I sell these I will say you know I you know I, I'm, I've been a huge fan of the high LPR 40 you know we have two of them in our studios and by the way I did a podcast episode completely devoted to the high LPR compared to four other microphones here's a link 
Yeah, so you're just giving them more information about what they're already looking for, and you're not trying to sell them anything. But at the same time, you're not saying, you know, you're not saying, hey, uh, you know, hey, I sell this. Come buy it from me yeah. instead of somebody else. You know, exactly. I provide them a link to valuable information that's already stuff they're actually looking for. I mean, who who who's looking for a high LPR forty? Thinking of spend thinking about spending a couple hundred dollars? Not quite sure. Who wouldn't want to hear an actual audio recording comparing the Heil to four other microphones? You know, that's something Definitely. that they're all, it's like, oh my gosh, that would be awesome. I've been looking around and all see is pictures of this Heil PR40. And by the way, all the pictures anywhere online, they look pretty plain Jane. It's like, couldn't somebody spend some time in, into marketing on, on a page that even looks nice? And they and unfortunately, it's just not out there. But the the mic's great, and so I send them to it. And then what happens is they usually will say, "Oh, thank you so much." And of course, at the end of that podcast, and this was before I even thought about posting it on Twitter. But at the end of the podcast, I'm like, "Hey, I do sell this." And of course, those people contact me and they say, "Hey, I want to buy." Yeah, exactly. So. Um, maybe to go back a little bit, you had marked uh, something along the lines of how can businesses keep competitors from poaching customers on their follower lists on this Twitter. is this is huge i that same client that i was just telling you about the other day um that i went to and i was showing off the power of twitter he totally gets it he completely understands it i won't mention the name of the business because that's unimportant and irrelevant to the discussion here but let me explain to you let's just say that um i'm a local business okay I, i'm and matter of fact i'm just going to complete take a, a completely different field here and I'm going to try to think of something that would. Uh, let's just say I am a mon, uh, a mon, a lawn mowing service. All right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lawn mowing service, and we're pretty big in the area. In fact, it's, it's, it's. You know, there's myself, then Eric. There's you. You have your lawn mowing service, and then there's uh, who's somebody that we both know, Wayne Henderson. Okay. All right. So Wayne Henderson also has his lawn. So there's Eric Fisher's lawn mowing service, Cliff Ravenscraft's lawn mowing service, and Wayne Henderson's lawn mowing service. All right. So the three of us, all of us, operate in the same town. Okay. Right here in, let's just say, um, let's just say we do it in Florence, Kentucky. Uh, now Florence, Kentucky is pretty big, but I mean between the three of us and then all the teenagers who are looking for summer work out mowing people's lawns. We we're pretty highly competitive, right? There's 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 only so many clients to go around, right? And so our prices are already where you know we're pretty competitive with one another. Now here's the deal: we start up a Twitter account and we say, listen, you know, follow us on Twitter, and and you'll you'll be able to find out. <laughs> maybe you'll be able to find out where we're mowing grass today and where you know when we're heading out to your place or whatever. I mean, I don't know. But it, just finished mowing grass and ate breakfast. Exactly. So we're we're putting all kinds of status updates out there. But let's just pretend that our client base was really interested in our status updates. And so all of our clients, all of my clients, Cliff Ravenscraft clients, every single one of them say, "I am following Cliff on Twitter." And so Eric, what are you and Wayne doing? If you're smart, I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, it. it, it you you look at your competitor, you see that they're on Twitter, and oh my goodness, there are 380 people following Eric, you know, Cliff Ravenscraft's lawn service. Well, guess oh, what? Yeah. Well. So what are you going to do? You you basically do an app message 
from Eric Fisher's lawn service that says at so and so. Hey, we have a special for the first three for the first three months. We're doing lawn mowing service at only ten dollars per week, and only twenty five dollars thereafter. Which that you happen to know that that's how much I charge per week. So wouldn't it be nice for three months, you know, to get service at you know half the cost, uh, under half the cost, and so you could send them directed message i mean you talk about advertising for you know you that this is something i had not thought about and this is something that this person was concerned about now of course in lawn mowing service this sounds ridiculous but in the particular uh realm of business that this client that i'm talking about is in oh my gosh is it a huge issue yeah well and even to go back not just to the follower list uh issue but also to the Anybody out there can search for what anybody's saying about any particular brand or product or company. I don't have to be that company to look up to see what people are saying about it. I could be Verizon looking at what people are saying about AT&T and then pounce on the you know, negative comments and, and use that as fuel for my own marketing. Yeah, that you certainly can. I mean, you could look. Not for that people. I'm going to do that personally, but you know. Yeah, you you could definitely look for people. I I don't. I think it would be. I, I think there's some questionable moral issues with just right. at, pounding on somebody else and and beating the negative. But definitely, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a brand like Verizon uh, saying, "Hey, AT and T customer, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative about AT and T." But if you're interested, I have a special plan and, you know, we're waiving uh, such and such fees to help you. I mean, if you have to if you have to pay to get out of your contract, we can help, you know, offset some of that cost. All you have to do is click here. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But no, this one's this one's more specific. This is basically taking your client list. Oh, yeah. And putting it online. Yeah, or at least, and, and, and even more specifically, the client list that is somewhat technically inclined, mm-hmm. yeah. which is almost more primary leads. Exactly, and so, so his concern, and, and here's the thing, how do you keep them from, po- uh, from poaching? So the, the ver- what's, what do you think the first thing? It's like, well, you could, bl- you could set it to private, right? Well, that's obviously something you could do. And it's like, okay, well, let's just put it this way. If you set it to private, guess what? The list of followers still show up. Or yeah. when, no, no, no. I don't think they do. No, that's wrong. I well, think if you're set to private, I don't, I don't think you can actually see the profile. And but look. you won't gain as many new ones. Right. But And he, he wasn't really concerned about that. His concern was you know, building an established relationship with the people who are clients. And so the thing, though, is that how his question then became, well, how do I know who to approve and not to approve? Because I don't want to take the uh, possibility of one of my clients saying, hey, I want to follow you on Twitter. But then all of a sudden I, I can't tell, is this a client or is it not a client? Do I have to go through the list and do I have, you know, are we going to have checks and balances to find out if this was a client? And now all of a sudden I've decided to not jump right on this and now this person's ticked off because it's like, well, gosh, you, I, I asked to follow you and you won't let me. And, and so there's concerns about that. And then, of course, what about if, you know, the competitor all of a sudden sends a secret shopper over and that secret shopper becomes a client just for a couple of days and then all of a sudden gets in and says, hey, 
I want I want to follow you on Twitter. I I love you as my new I I love being your new client and I want to find out everything you're up to. And they and all of a sudden you approve them and then boom, it was worth them becoming your client even if it costs them money because now they have the full access to your customer list. Yeah. Or at least the ones that are on Twitter anyway. Man, I don't see a clear answer to any of this. <laughs> It's all so new and, you know. This is, I had never thought of it before. He he brought this up and it blew my mind. And, of course, here I am, you know, I'm not in a highly competitive field, you know, where where I am. And and, and the thing is, is I, I, I think, here here's the situation. I think it has to do with loyalty. It, there's, that's the only thing I can think to, to this is, is, how great is your customer service and how great is your 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 service and your relationship with those that those people who follow you are you making them loyal to in in such a way when somebody comes and gives them an offer that they can't refuse and they still review refuse it because they're loyal to you yeah that's the only way to combat combat that and that and that's kind of the way that I feel. I mean, obviously there are other places people can go for consulting about podcasting needs and stuff like that and and people could try to go to my, but you know what? I I'm not concerned about that because I am the type of person I'm building relationships with people one person at a time and I and that's what I believe and that's what I do. And and you know what? I am competing against amazon.com you know, for prices. And, and you know what? I have a lot of people who say, Cliff, here's this cost from you and I found it over here, but I just want to let you know, I'm deciding to purchase from you. It's a little bit more, but there's nobody at Amazon. There's nobody at Best Buy. There's nobody at, you know, Guitar Center who is going to give me the same value and the same service and the same time to help me through my, my needs the way that you do. And that's why I'm paying this much more to buy this piece of equipment from you. Yeah. So that that's the only thing but but I tell you I know this person's industry that he's in and there's not a valid argument I have for for the use of Twitter and it's the same thing with Facebook. You know, friending people on Facebook, you're putting your contact list online. I had not ever heard anybody talk about this before and uh I'm just throwing it out there and and I'm going to throw it out there for discussion. If anybody has any comments on this one, uh there are two ways that I'm going to suggest that you get in touch with us. Uh, one is via our voicemail hotline. You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at area code 859-795-4067. Or if you have an iPhone, you can use the voice memo app and just record you know, up to two minutes of uh, audio feedback. And you can email that right from your iPhone or your iPod Touch second generation. Uh, just email that to feedback at gspn.tv. Also, if you go to... Uh, gspn.tv slash forum. We now have a section for social media serenity. So any of the topics we discuss here, you can create uh, the topic online and we can discuss it even further uh, through the forum and stuff like that. And I encourage you to do that as well. And I actually threw up a a starting discussion just to kind of continue on our to unplug or not unplug, which, which is in the link to that is in the show notes. Excellent. Very cool. Anyway, that uh, we're already at fifty-five minutes, Eric. So, I, like I said, with this show, there's there's never an end to the amount of things that we can discuss here, and yeah, always fun, my friend. And we will be back 
next th- we're actually recording Thursdays at 11 a.m. and of course by the time people hear this we'll we'll talk to you on Thursday. Uh, just so you guys know, um, we're you know Mike, I'm always trying to put some consistency together and and we always want to make sure that we're 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 staying pretty steady and and that you can depend on content coming out on a certain day and things like that. Working on new schedule. By the time you guys hear this episode, it will have already been put into place. Uh, but for this particular podcast, we record it on Thursdays normally, and it will be released um, out on the podcast feeds on Tuesdays. So that that is the schedule. And of course, if you want to hear us live, typically we're here on Thursdays at 11 a.m. at gspn.tv. Eric, anything else you have for us today? No, that's, you know, hey, just check us out at check us out on our Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Eric J. Fisher and GSPN. Uh, yep, that's it. Twitter.com slash GSPN, twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>